1: Welcome to the Berry Centers. On today's show, we preview the Week Twelve matchup against the Vikings and much more. What's good, Press?
0: Man, Dub, I'm over here feeling good, man. Time off work, ate good yesterday. Uh, I smell some 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 leftovers up uh, brewing over here, Dub. I'm in a good ass mood right now, man. How about yourself, man?
1: I ate good yesterday as well. <laughs> I enjoyed that mac and cheese. Woo! That dressing, that turkey. Man, I had me a blast. Now, talk to about that
0: dressing, man, because a lot of these folks, man, they be out here talking to me about some stuff. And I'm like, what's stuffing?
1: Us black folks, <laughs> man, we had dressing. I'm a down South cat, man. <laughs> that <dress> is <laughs> where it's at, bro. Now, I'll tell you one thing. I didn't have any
0: dressing yesterday before, but I had, I had a honey baked ham, the baked mac mm. and cheese, brother, mashed sweet potatoes, some of the red lobster biscuits, bro. Come on now. Yeah, I know y'all like the red lobster biscuits, the little Cheddar Bay joints. Them biscuits, bro, be off the chain, man. So it was a good, it was a good time. I was looking at people posting those Thanksgiving plates, man, and I and listen, man. I, I don't, I hate to <laughs> shame people, man, because everybody's <laughs> different. There's levels to this. I agree. But, but man, some of the plates, man, I was like, man, people need to stop posting their L's on the internet. I really wish they would stop doing that.
1: But to me, presentation <laughs> matters. What <Everybody tastes> <laughs> place be looking like struggle. You know that shit don't taste good. A presentation matters. So if you yes, don't have sure a good does. presentation, a person like me ain't gonna try.
0: Hell no. And speaking of a good presentation, our Chicago Bears—they <laughs> yeah, have not had a good presentation at all this season. Listen, audience, we talked about it on the last show. This team continues to find ways to lose ball games. Now we got a prime time matchup coming up here with the Vikings. The Vikings, man, they are fighting for their playoff lives right now. led by Joshua Dobbs, who, man, this kid right here, his story of just redemption. Over and over again, ain't dub they got a compelling story. One team is fighting for something, playing for something. The other team, I really don't know what the hell we're playing for right now, to be honest with you. No.
1: <laughs> you get a good point about where the Vikings are at. They're in a good situation to where they're trying to make some noise. And um, the Bears are in a position where they can play spoiler. They really are. Now, the Vikings are
0: coming off of a disappointing loss as well because they lost to the Broncos, and that was a game that they should have won. I mean, Dobbs wasn't necessarily sharp in that game. That Denver Broncos defense is pretty solid, man. I mean, they've done a good job with opposing quarterbacks. You saw what they did to Josh Allen the week prior. So they got something figured out there. But with Josh Dobbs coming in here, though, AW, we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. It's It's a unique matchup because you got a guy that's really unorthodox. You know, he doesn't do anything spectacular, but yet
1: still, he makes plays. Because the one thing is that you get on the head about him is that he is unpredictable. So you don't know what this guy going to do. He's going to throw it very well, how sharp he's going to be. It just looks very different. So you got to give him credit for being that unique.
0: Matty recluse as I mentioned in the last show, eight up, uh, winless against the NFC North. Brother, I hope he can figure this shit out because I would love to beat the Vikings. I'm so sick and tired of losing to, to all these teams In the NFC North. It's embarrassing. So hopefully we can figure something out, man, and don't get embarrassed on primetime TV again.
1: (laughs) I like the fact you said again because we've seen a trend when it comes down to the Bears on primetime TV. So I hope they able to figure something out when they're able to get a victory.
0: So I got to ask you, you man, before we start, like, digging into this matchup, your boy, Money Moon. Now, it's no secret why he would be frustrated. These are some things that I've talked about on the show of, like, man, money moved in a free agency season. If I were him, I'd be frustrated because he's not a focal point in the office. He's not getting the ball. I mean, there's a lot of games where I just forget that he's on the fucking field. Right. So it came out this week that he's had some private conversations with the front office and he's frustrated with his role.
1: I was a little surprised, friends, from the standpoint that I thought because he and Justin Fields had such great chemistry over the past few years that I thought things would be much better between him and Justin Fields and thought he would get more opportunities. But since DJ Moore arrived, you know, he's kind of been pushed back further and further mm-hmm. on that depth chart, you know? And I think that's really what's probably frustrating him, especially, you know, in a season where he's trying to get a contract extension. So I understand the frustration. I like how he handled it by going to management, but I would love to see how things go between him and Justin Fields with their communication, saying, hey, how can we go on the same page so I can get those opportunities.
0: The one thing that I always credit Darnell Moody with doing is being a hard worker and not being a distraction. And right. to his props, he didn't make it a public situation. He went directly to the front office and said, like, look, can we sit down and talk? I respect that. Now yeah. everybody does things differently. I'm not going to throw Jalen Johnson under the bus because he requests trades or he may go to the media and kind of let them know what he feels. Darnell Moody going to be a pro. And I respect that. However, I do feel for the guy. And honestly, I'm not surprised that these rumors came out because if it would be me, I'd be frustrated. How do I go from having 1,000 receiving yards in prior season to now I'm in a better offense with better players around me and I'm not getting the ball? They're not targeting me. That would me off. And I got a free agency year coming <laughs> up. Come on now.
1: I'm trying to get paid. Remember, no Claypool on this team either. Look, it's only two wide receivers here, really. That's DJ Moore and myself. Got nothing against Cole Kamen because he's been balling out, but that should be enough to go around for all three of us to eat. And right now, I'm the one that's being left out. And I thought, honestly,
0: man, when they got rid of playpool, I was like, well, that's going to open up more opportunities for Moody, and it hasn't. What you've seen, especially with Tyson Big Jim, when he was in there, he focused a lot on Cole Comet. Right. With Justin Fields back, you saw DJ Moore starting to eat again and still Mooney kind of like being that odd man out. So, man, I hope that, you know, they can figure something out down the stretch with this guy. And I hope that they're not phasing him out of the offense, man, as a way to of trying to, like, you know, drive down his price. because That'd be fucked up.
1: And I'm quite sure Donnell Mooney would not be happy about that. But they have a, a golden opportunity, Perez, to try to get him more involved in the game. And we'll see if that works. But I hope that the management team was listening to him and I hope that Donovan Milney can get some more opportunity, bro, to show what he's capable of doing. Because we've seen in the past that this guy can be a weapon. Why not utilize him? No,
0: I, I agree with that, Dub. I agree with that, man. We all know that we got a big football game on deck on Saturday, Ohio State versus Michigan. You guys can feel whatever you want about Michigan and the signs stealing bullshit and Jim Harbaugh and all that. But listen, that Michigan team is still undefeated, but so is Ohio State. This is the game of the year, y'all. And Justin Fields, our QB one, was asked to give his prediction on the game. A-Dub, and he has his Ohio State Buckeyes winning twenty-four to fourteen. So AW, I wanted to get your prediction. Which way do you see this game going on Saturday, man? Because that's going to be our primetime matchup, baby.
1: I think Michigan might get that victory, twenty-four Ooh. to twenty. Woo! Well, it is at the Big House, right?
0: Yep. God damn, boy. That's, I'm telling you, I can't wait to watch that one. I
1: can't wait. That is a must-see game, Perez. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. You're right. That's a game I definitely want to see, I will be tuned in. So this is the thing. I mean, you're
0: going to be covering the Illini versus Northwestern, so you're probably going to be watching that bitch on your laptop. So
1: gonna... <laughs> yeah, man, I'm going to have to, Perez. Play a little uh, dual role there, bro. But I do want to check in to see what's happening there, because that is a big game, man. I want to know what's really happening there. I mean, it don't
0: surprise me that Justin's predicted Ohio State, but I think, Justin, brother, I hope you didn't put no money on that. That's all I can tell you. I hope you didn't put no money on that. <laughs> I hope that was just you just, like, you know, speaking from the heart and, and hoping and having some wishful thoughts there. I really do. It's just tough, man. The big house, that's a tough place to play in, man. I remember when I was in high school, Dub, and I went to uh, Ann Arbor for a recruiting visit for football. I was so intimidated by that atmosphere. I was looking around. I was like, I would never be able to play here. And I'm not a person that's like, you know, shook easily. But are you talking about 110,000 people, bro? And I, you, I'm used to playing a the stadium with like 1,500 people when I was in high school. Man, shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's <It's laughs> no to it, as I always say on this show. And you got 110,000 people out there in that stadium. Whoo! Your heart can't be pumping no Kool-Aid, boy, in those moments.
1: You ain't live, bro. That fan base come out and support. They bring it. They bring the energy. They bring the noise. That's a hard building to win in when you're on the road. Hey, man, let's get into this matchup.
0: You know what I'm saying? I'm going to stop dancing around. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of this summer. Justin Jefferson for the Vikings, not going to play there on Monday night. I'm happy. They're definitely playing it conservative with him, which makes sense. They're probably playing or they're playing a the lone game when it comes to Justin Jefferson. And I'm okay with that, a because when you look at it, right, What's one more week going to matter in the grand scheme of things? You rush him back and he re-aggravates that injury. Now you're like really set back for your season. So you get one more week. They got a bye week after this. You're buying time for this guy. And then you're hoping that you can basically keep him healthy down the stretch and if you make it to the playoffs.
1: And taking his help, making that the top priority, and thinking long term about what he can do for you down the road by waiting another week. And you also look at taking consideration who your opponent is. You're looking at the Bears, looking at their record, like, hey, we maybe still a game here without them. So keeping them out a little bit longer to so definitely play a pivotal role down the stretch will be good for them. But we'll have to see what happens there, friends.
0: And I'll tell you what, thing, brother. <laughs> I, I was not any sort of way bothered when I saw those reports that he's likely not to play. I'm like, good. <laughs> <laughs> one less issue for us not to worry about because we still got TJ Hawkinson And we still got Osborne that we have to contend with. So, listen, they still got other weapons on that offense.
1: Yeah, they're not thirsty for a weapon, bro. You're right. They got enough out there that they can trot out there. And with that, they still can wreak some havoc. So, from that perspective, come into this game against Chicago Bears. And, then again, they understand some of the Bears' frustrations that we have gone through throughout the season. So, they feel like they're in a good situation.
0: Yeah, another thing, too, Jordan Addison, their rookie. Hey, that kid can ball. And that's yep. another kid that, you know, that we don't have to contend with here in, in the matchup. We'll get to that a little bit later when we give our keys to, to victory. But I want to kind of go through some of the other notable injuries for our, our Bears. So we saw that when practice came around on Wednesday, that Larry Borum, Dante Foreman, Lucas Patrick, and Noah Sewell did not practice. So Borum, they're calling it an illness. He'll probably be ready to go. I'm sure he's probably not going to play much if if – if they have their way with it, because they're probably hoping that Braxton Jones is going to be good to go. He's not showing up on any sort of injury report, So, good signs there. Mm -hmm. Dante Foreman, we saw that he re-aggravated that ankle injury. But, however, Khalil Herbert's back. Roshan Johnson's looking better than ever. So, they may be a little bit more conservative with Dante Foreman, working him back into the mix. Lucas Patrick, A-Dub, back injury, Noah Sewell knee.
1: Lucas Patrick being out, that's tough in itself. But, you know, it is what it is. The rest of the line got to do their part, of course. Now, on the Vikings
0: side, we already talked about Justin Jefferson. And TJ Hawkinson, he showed up on the injury report for the Vikings. Uh, Rib injury, limited participant. That'll be something worth monitoring because I've kind of noticed with him this season, he seemed a little banged up. I mean, he's still going out there and giving it his all and making plays. But I definitely feel like he is not playing at 100% at all right now.
1: Not at all, bro. And the fact that he's been given the go still going out there shows his toughness. So, aw, this
0: matchup is, is going to come down to the battle of the dual third quarterbacks. And I talked about Joshua Dobbs earlier in the show, and I talked about how he's unorthodox and how he gets things done. However, he just somehow seems to have success out there on the field. We already know what QB1 does on our side of the house. It's going to be interesting. But when I look at this matchup with Josh Dobbs and what he's able to do when things break down and how he's able to make plays with his legs, that's something that's going to be very dangerous for us to continue. And it's almost like the Bears are getting a dose of their own medicine. You know
1: what I mean? <laughs> when you have a mobile quarterback you're going against, man, that does make it a little bit tougher for those pass rushers. So you're right. That is another element. You know, a quarterback is willing to run the football to get some yards.
0: The one thing that I noticed with Dobbs, though, is for him, he's always kind of looking down the field, trying to see if he can make something happen down the field. But again, he's not afraid to just break those plays out. With Justin, almost it's almost like if Justin starts, if he sees a lane, he's taking it, right? And it's like they have like different mindsets. But it still makes both of these guys compelling options, and it's going to be really must-see TV there on on Monday night.
1: And seeing that Justin Fields had a good game against Detroit Lions, I think I want to see if he's able to back that up. And I believe he can. But you just like how Justin Fields is coming into this game, his approach, his mindset. And the kid is right now showing us something. So hopefully he can continue to duplicate that.
0: And if Dobbs scores another rushing touchdown, he'll tie Justin Fields' NFL record. And mm. You know, Justin Fields went on a tear last year scoring a rushing touchdown. So that's, that just goes to show you, man, what Josh Dobbs is, is
1: able to bring to this offense for the Vikings. And you got to respect Dobbs for that. But you're right, Perez. He can't be dangerous. When you take off. Ada, hit the audience with one of your keys
0: to victory. Because like I said, we, we talked briefly about Dobbs and his impact. Obviously, KJ Osborne, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, and the Vikings have a, a two-headed monster in the running back room. So can of just talk the audience through one of your keys to victory?
1: Well, my keys to victory here, Prez, is for the Bears to not abandon the run game. I think you and I saw what they did against the Vikings before, early in the season. And they had the opportunity to run the football a little bit more, but Luke Getzey got away from that, and it put Tyson Vage in some tough spots. I understand we got Justin Fields versus Tyson Page in here, but I think if he do a good job with running the football and sticking with it, I think it'll be good for the Chicago Bears, and it'll also help Justin Fields continue to do what he does because Justin Fields can be a big part in running the football. So not abandoned. What I mean by that, whether it's Justin Fields running or Khalil Herbert, doesn't make a difference to me. As long as we still getting some positive yards out of that, that's important. So
0: when I look at that, I mean, that's our bread and butter. I mean, for me personally, with the fact that Justin Fields is back, add him to the equation as well. That's a 3 headed monster there at the running back position. And honestly, Justin Fields being so effective last week, it kind of took away from those other guys in the running game. So my thing is, if Justin is getting the job done, keep feeding him the fucking ball. And that's what we kind of talked about on the last episode. But I think that's a great key, A-Dub, because if we're able to do that against that Vikings defense, it can open it up for plays to a Mooney or to a DJ Moore. And I'm hoping that the front office, the coaching staff, I hope they took to heart what Darnell Mooney said. Because when you got a guy that's worked as hard as he has, I think the guy should be rewarded for that. And I I would love to see him get some opportunities. I would love for you to be over here talking about the bank again. I ain't heard (laughs) you talk about the bank I don't know how long. I'm an
1: A.W., you in that bank. Man, y'all ain't got shit going on over there. <laughs> the bank been closed, man. It shut down, man. I'm trying to avoid foreclosure right now.
0: Man, it's the sign <laughs> of the times, bro. You talking about inflation here in this country, bro. It's the sign <laughs> of the times. Money Moon, you can be the savior. You can help save this country from ruin. Come on, man. Find them. Justin Fields, hit your boy Money Moon, man. And it's crazy, too, because those, those two dudes... We're well, working together all last year and working out together and all this chemistry and then DJ Moore coming. He just
1: forget all about <laughs> Damn, Justin. <laughs> hey, That's look, fucked up. you all gave me a number one for sure. You know, and he just kind of fell in love with that. But, hey, man, you got another guy over there too. Don't forget about him, Justin Fields.
0: No, you can't. You can't. My key a dub is when I was watching the film from the Vikings-Broncos game. And I noticed that Dobbs had a couple turnovers. He had a fumble. Yep. He had a, a pick. And I'm like, hey, this guy's a little loosey-goosey with the football. Yeah. He takes some chances there throwing the football. And listen, our Bears defense has shown that they can be opportunistic, a So in this match, one of my keys to victory is the Bears have to win the turnover battle. Now, I know that didn't help them last week, but I'm hoping a new week is a new opportunity and new beginnings. So hopefully. If they win the turnover, battle, the way, Dub, then we can see this Bears team be put in position to win this football game. Because if Dom throws something up for grabs or if he's running the football and the Bears are able to maybe punch the ball out, because he's susceptible to that. So my whole thing is I'm hoping that hits principle <laughs> that, that I made <laughs> fun of in box, I'm hopeful the Eberflus has had that fucking film fired up with these guys and he gets them motivated. And hopefully they write the wrongs from last week.
1: Definitely, Perez. If they can do that, win the turnover battle, and be willing to execute off those turnovers, bro, it put the Bears in a good spot. But that's the key right there, Perez. They got to get the turnovers, man, being willing to execute and score. And I think getting those turnovers, of course, is going to be a key factor, as always. But if you can win that battle, man, you one step ahead. And I think it's going to be important for them to do that against the Vikings.
0: And it was by plus three. So, AW, I did a little research, man, because I was really curious about the Bears and turnover battles and winning them and so forth. I went back all the way to 2007. And I was just kept looking at the winning column. And the Bears had won 24 straight games A-Dub, when they had a turnover differential of plus three. 2008 is the last time the Bears lost a matchup when they won a turnover battle. In that game, they had four takeaways and loss. So, Matty McFluse has gone and done the unspeakable. You're mm. talking about 24 games in a row. We're talking about since 2008. We've had that type of turnover win that we've lost. So I'm hoping, man, that we can flush that last game. <laughs> make that Hopefully that's an anomaly, A-Dub. And we go back to basically how things work. You win the turnover battle. You have the ball for the majority of the game. You're dominating for the majority of the game. You win said game.
1: End of story. And if you're the defense, you got to feel pretty good knowing that, hey, you're able to get takeaways like that and make an impact. It's all about finishing the game strong. And the defense should come into this game because the Vikings feeling pretty good, just realizing that, hey, we just didn't complete it all the way through at the end. So if they would do that, press to continue to show that they can still get the job done and then finish strong, that's going to be great for the Bears. My next key, Perez, This Bears team really considered to win this game here is based upon field positioning. I think field position is going to be a big factor in this game. If the Bears can find a way to get a short field press, whether it's through, you know, getting into a good situation on punt return, is that's creating turnovers, having the short field is good for the Chicago Bears to be able to move the chain shortly and be able to score touchdowns. I'm not talking about field goals. I'm talking about touchdowns. They need to do that. And if they're able to get, short-field prayers, it puts a lot of pressure on the Vikings.
0: I mean, that's usually uh, another key to success, having a shorter field, right? Especially when you have a field goal kicker. And I know, A.W., you talked about no field goals. But when you have a field goal kicker as consistent as Cairo Santos, hey, I'm okay, you know what I'm saying, if we get some field goals, you know what I mean? Because I'd rather get some points on the board. But to your keto A.W., I don't like when we settle for them, right? And and there's a difference, right? I'm okay with if we're having a two-minute – drill type of situation, you try to get a score before the half or something like that, hey, try them out there. But if it's a situation where your offense is just stalling consistently, then that's when it kind of bug, bugs me a little bit. But we got one of the most consistent kickers in the league, A-Dub, and I feel like Bears fans, a lot of times they fucking forget about that shit with this guy. One of the most consistent kickers, man, in Bears history,
1: up there with Robbie. That says a lot about Santos, man, to be in that type of situation to knowing that he's been able to get the job done for the Bears consistently, and to be up there with another person who done great for the Bears as a field goal kicker, you got to feel pretty good about that. And I've been happy for Santos. He's a guy we have never... Sam, I'm happy for a guy like him.
0: So my next key to victory, dub and it's going to be surrounding that one-two punch that the Vikings have in that running back room. But Alexander Madison and Ty Chandler are the one-two punch that the Vikings have there in that running back room. And it's crazy because... A lot of teams in the NFL right now are doing this with these tandem running back situations. Back right. in the day, man, when we, you and I, man, we first were, knew anything about football. You had one running back that got the majority of the, of the carries, whether it was an Ennis Smith type, a Walter Payton type, a Barry Sanders type. It wasn't this musical chair shit with the running back position. Now you look around the NFL and majority of the teams are deploying this type of system. However, it's showing you that it's successful because now you got fresh running backs that are just attacking defenses, and that's what the Vikings do, along with the Bears, obviously, with our three-handed monster at the running back position. But it's going to be very vital and key for our Bears defense to continue to stop the run. And it's going to be important because when you look at this matchup here, both of these running backs, they get at least 50, 60, 70 yards per game, and that's each. So you're not getting much of a drop-off when one comes in and spells the other. So it's going to be really important to make sure that we're neutralizing those two because if they're able to run that ball effectively, then it's going to open it up for Josh Dobbs in a play-action game to get plays open down the field to a Hawkinson, to an Addison, to an Osborne. And that's when we're in trouble if that type of shit happens. We know our secondary gets down, and we've always been susceptible to secondary of giving up plays down the field.
1: One thing i got to give this Bears defense credit for, for the most part, they've been able to stop the run. And I think yep. they have to slow those guys down, Perez. It puts them in a better situation moving forward because now you're forcing Dobbs to have to do it all by himself, Perez. And he could make some mistakes, as we've seen, happen against Denver Broncos. So you're looking forward to seeing this defense continue to step up and stop the run.
0: Also, you got to take in mind with Dobbs, A-Dub, is that he's learning a new system on the fly. And that's why I want to make sure if we can stop that running game a little bit, it does force him to have to win the football game, and it forces him to have to do a little bit more. If you have a guy that's probably not even all the way up to speed with the playbook yet, a that's advantage Bears if we can neutralize that rushing attack.
1: Yeah, that's a good key right there, bro, because you're right. Dobbs still learning, still learning, man. This is the Kirk Cousins offense, really. So the fact that he's trying to catch up and do some great things for them, which he has in a way, it puts a lot of pressure on him when he's actually out there on the field alone. And I think the Bears defense really want to make him be the guy that beat the Chicago Bears. I think if he's the one who goes out there and try to beat the Bears, I think that's a good situation for Chicago Bears. Because I don't think Dobbs can do about himself. Not just yet, Chris. Still got a lot more to learn.
0: But see, he don't, man. With that offense, the way it's loaded up, he doesn't have to do it by himself. But hopefully, if we could do something with the running backs, it'd be nice if they have to put the football in his hands and he has to throw it more than 30 times. I think that gives us opportunity because, like they said, with the turnovers, hey, he may throw one up for grabs.
1: And you talk about having a lot of pressure on him as well, which I think maybe with Sweat being an addition to the team, probably can do that, Perez. It could make things a little bit tougher for Dobbs, man. But you hit a good point with stopping the run first. Make him one-dimensional. If he's there one-dimensional, ooh-wee. I can see Dallas <laughs> making some mistakes.
0: I love that. So, A.W., you used to talk about Kyris Tonka all the time, man, when he played for the Bears. So I was looking through the Vikings roster, and I was like, oh, shit, I forgot he went over to the Vikings. <laughs> they got a couple former Bears, man. So I'm yeah. sure you will be fired up to, to play against us. But your boy Nikhil
1: Harry is bows on the Vikings team. Yep. And then uh, Jonathan Bullard as well. A reunion with former <laughs> Bears players and some of the players that's currently on the roster right now, you know. And um, that would be good for them to see each other. But, you know, the competition is, is going to be mutual. You still want to try to beat your former team if you're Kyrus Tonga. So it would be good, man, to see those guys see each other and show some love.
0: Oh, we know that the, the Vikings beat us the last time that we matched up with them. Made up, but <laughs> I would love to get your score prediction for Week 12.
1: I got the Bears win this game, Perez. 23 to 20, bro. Chicago Ooh. Bears get a victory. All right, A dub. Well, you know, according to
0: DraftKings, the Bears are an underdog as as, as, as usual with Vegas <laughs> and how they get down. No love given to Chicago Bears. Nah, man. So according to DraftKings, the Bears are a three and a half point road underdog. And over under is set at 43. So now, A dub. A went out there on the limb, y'all. After last week, this man is still out here believing in these bears. AW Real because I have the Bears losing on Monday night to the Vikings Ooh. 21 to 13.
1: 21 to 13, yes, That's sir. That's all 21 we get.
0: 13. That's all we getting. I think it's gonna be an ugly game, bro. Honestly, from a lot of the stuff that I saw on film with this Vikings team, they muddy it up. <laughs> and I'm worried, man. I really am on the road Monday night. I mean, this ain't the damn Patriots game with the Bears. Last time we was on Monday night. We beat the Patriots. We ain't playing that Patriots team. Mac Jones ain't on the other side of that fucking field. And this Josh Dobbs kid, while I think that if we can maybe get him to turn the football over, it increases our chances. I have a feeling he may play mistake-free ball, man. I think that after that game against the Broncos, I guarantee you, man, he's probably in that playbook. I'm sure he probably was in that tearing up that film. And I'm worried about the type of game he's gonna have against us on Monday night.
1: Uh, the Vikings overall is a good team offensively and defensively bro and I don't want to take any away from what they've been able to do defensively and um you're right Dobbs could do very well against the Chicago Bears but one thing I will say man this defense of the Bears showed us what they're capable of doing though Perez. I'm not saying they're gonna do it against the Vikings I hope they do but if they can man it'll be a good showing for the Chicago Bears but at the end of the day I do understand where the Vikings stand at, and they playing for a hell of a lot that we talked about earlier. Well, I'll
0: tell you one thing, man. This is the game against the Vikings where Justin dislocated that thumb, And yep. so, hey, man, maybe Justin can get some revenge against these guys. But if I'm gonna put my, my name out there and, and <laughs> I'm gonna give you guys a prediction, nah. That's not what I'm saying. That ain't what I'm saying. For all these Bears fans who want them to tank, they're gonna love my prediction. I'm not really oh, yeah. into the taking stuff, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of them out here. Hey, everybody over here still talking to me about the draft. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about the draft. Right,
1: <laughs> but you know what, bro? I do love your prediction, though, man, because you've been spot on for the most part when it comes down to these Bears. And um, you always kept it real, bro. You know, you don't come with the fandom mess. You just keep it 100, man, and what you see and what you've been observing And To your point, everything you should about what the Vikings do with making this game scrappy and ugly. They do a good job with that. And it's been to their advantage. So the Bears are in a tough spot no matter what.
0: Hey, man, but A-Dub, man, I want you to enjoy the rest of them leftovers, man. Be safe covering that game tomorrow. And, audience, A-Dub and I, we're going to be back hollering at you guys early next week, man. But A-Dub, man, it was good chopping up with you, breath. Audience, we appreciate you continuing supporting the platform and helping make us become a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. On the Minneapolis. And we're going to holler at y'all next week.